The following is a production by Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. You can support Lone Star Community Radio by donating and sponsoring programs just like this. For more information, check us out online at IRLoneStar.com. This segment is brought to you by... Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at TeamSinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N chiropractic.com. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon. I am Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News here at Lone Star Community Radio Station in the Conroe Tower, FM 104.5, 106.1, Our City TV, Cable TV with the City of Conroe, live streaming on IRLoneStar.com, and Facebook Live on Conroe Culture News. Our guests today are going to be candidates. I have Ben Armenta, who is a candidate for Texas Land Commissioner, and in our second segment, we will hear from Amy Tucker, who is a candidate for County Court of Law 3. The show is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic, and uh, she is one of the best chiropractics in Montgomery County. She's located at 3033 West Davis, across from Conroe High School and Taco Bell. You cannot miss her location. She serves patients of all ages and backgrounds, from infants to seniors and weekend athletes to professionals. Her focus is on natural, holistic way of, he- of healing, relieving pain, and achieving optimal health. And you know what? I am also a patient. I am going there later today because apparently if I don't get my stuff together with my back, I won't be walking in a few years. So she knows what she's doing. Go and see her. She has been named Best Chiropractic Center in Montgomery County for many years. She helps with um, arms, legs, hands, feet clinical nutrition, prenatal, and pediatric care. So again, that is Roger Stein Chiropractic, and she is looking at 3033 West Davis. Another sponsor shout-out is Team Sinisi Real Estate Group. So we all know how real estate is moving and grooving, has been all year. And if you're not happy where you're living right now, well, then you need to call Team Sinisi for buying, selling, or investing at 281-507-9777. Team Sinisi is Sinisi name to remember. 
So, uh, a few things going on around locally in Conroe. You know, the, both theaters, the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, are all run by volunteers, and they work a long time. They work at least two months on every production. Well, of course, they have their Christmas productions going on right now, and they will be going on till um, Sunday, December 19th. And over at uh, Stage Right at the Crichton Theater, you can see Elf the Musical. You can purchase your tickets at CrichtonTheater.org. That's a wonderful production. The Players Theater Company will host a Christmas story, and we all know that beloved story uh, about Ralphie and his quest to get a Red Rider gun, even though his, parent, his mom warns him that he's going to have his eyes shot out. So find out if that happens or not. Get your tickets at owentheater.com. And if you're looking for a unique, one-of-a-kind gift, well, you know, Conroe Art League can help you out. Because, again, they're offering their annual affordable art sale right in downtown Conroe by the Red Brick Tavern. Nothing is over $150. And 20% of that goes back to the Salvation Army as well. So help the local artists. Go by and visit the Conroe Art League. And if you are looking for a different event for your kids, you can take them to see uh, Elsa and Santa. Every, all young girls know Elsa. And they will be at, from the North Pole all the way to Lake Conroe. And you can have breakfast at Margaritaville with Elsa and Santa. So it's a wonderful morning. And it's Saturdays through December 18th. Go to their website to find out more details margaritavilleresorts.com and then go down to a bit local events and you will find it so with that we're going to take a quick break and be back with my first guest ben armenta who's a candidate for texas land commissioner Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at TeamSinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N chiropractic.com. And we are back. I am Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News and Taylorized PR. We are here speaking with Ben Armenta, who is a candidate for Texas Land Commissioner. Now, of course, after uh, you hear what he has to say and why he's qualified to be 
Texas Land Commissioner. You can follow up on his Facebook page, which is, of course, Ben Armenta, Texas, or benarmenta.com to find out more about him. You could even probably make a donation to your campaign, I'm thinking. You right? absolutely can. So, That's right. You yeah. can. Don't, you know, if, don't, if it's don't so be shy about that. So he's covering all of the state of Texas, which I'm sure is quite a task. There's a few so, counties. Yeah. I mean, I'm having a hard time covering all of Montgomery County. So Texas would be a, a big one, and he's got a team of people to help you out. But let's hear a little bit about Ben and uh, what he's doing as a candidate. Well, look, Margie, I, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Um, it's fantastic to be back in Montgomery County and, and in Conroe. You're right. There's a lot of counties in Texas. In fact, uh, since I announced in September, I've been to over 75 counties. I think it's a, oh my! I think it's a few oil changes, lots of windshield time. And you have a scheduler, right? I do, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I keep coming back to Montgomery County. You know, we all say that uh, you know how Texas goes, that's how the country's going to go. Well, I feel the same way about Montgomery County. It and is the reddest county in I, Texas. You look, know that, right? Look, I, I am running on a on a platform around holding the line for our values. And if we're going to do that, we need to ensure that Montgomery County continues to model the way for the other 253 counties. So um, it's an exciting time, and I'm really glad to be here with you and your audience. Fabulous. So let's go backwards a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your background. Well, I grew up uh, just outside of Austin in the Round Rock area. Uh, My family uh, immigrated from Mexico several generations ago. Um, family of entrepreneurs, family of veterans. Um, both my parents are educators. Uh, I ended up going to Texas A&M, um, and I did that to become a teacher. And so when I got out of school, uh, I was a, a junior high and high school teacher in the, in the spring area. Um, but I eventually found my way into business, uh, did large oil and gas consulting um, I started uh, and grew a couple companies, and I, I've just been super fortunate to uh, find my wife in Texas, start and grow my family in Texas, grow my businesses in Texas. How many children do you have? I've got two, Lily and Jack. So Lily is a strong 14-year-old eighth grader, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and my son Jack is 13. And they keep us very busy. I'm sure. As you can imagine. As well as covering the state of Texas. Uh, yes. But, you know, uh, they come on the road with me. Do they? Yeah, when they That's can. That's awesome. So it's a, you know, deciding to get into public service like this and running for office, it really is a life event. It is. And um, I feel confident and, and excited to do it because I've got the backing of my family. That's a big part of it. And this was a, a family decision. My kids are old enough to kind of understand what's going on in the state of Texas and across the country. And um, they're excited to, to learn about the land office and excited to be a part of It's good of education, journey. right? It's the best. It's Absolutely. real. Absolutely. It's real. Yeah. No, I, I fully support that. And yes, your family does have to be involved because this takes a lot of time. It does. It does. I mean, a lot of time. I do this now. As a candidate. I actually do this now full time. Um, and it's, it's a, a blessing. To be honest, it, it really is. I meet a lot of different people from across this state, uh, elected officials, voters, uh, people who haven't voted in years, who are thinking about voting now and, and getting in, involved. Um, Texas is the best state in the union because of the people that make it up. And They're the, genuine. 
and and the values that we mm-hmm. that we all hold. I mean, what really makes everybody a Texan? It's our values. That's the connective tissue. Whether you're in Amarillo or El Paso or Montgomery County or Hopkins County or whatever, it's the values. Tell so, me about the values as you see them. Well, look, Texas is about the individuals. It's about families making choices that are best for them and their kids and their future. It's about allowing small businesses to flourish and be a vehicle for change and for achieving visions that the entrepreneurs have. And that's what that's what Texas is, is all about. I mean, this was a homesteading state in the 1800s and it was its own country because of that same spirit True. that we carry through all the way to today. I mean, that's why, uh, you know, I've lived in other parts of the state. I've lived uh, in other states and even in other countries. But this is where we chose to raise our family and start my businesses because of all that opportunity. So as a uh, small business owner, you can understand and have empathy for things that they go through. And your position will impact uh, some of the businesses. Tell me about how that impacts businesses and what you do. Well, you, you aren't kidding about empathy. In fact, people will ask me, how did I decide to get into yeah, politics? I think exactly. I, I've been thinking about public service for a very long time, but I really enjoyed the work I was doing. Uh, but about a year ago, I think I was complaining a lot. I was complaining about mandates, complaining oh, about- Oh, like 2020? About, Who about wasn't? lockdowns. <laughs> sure, uh, we absolutely. Had, we had uh, customers and clients who were going out of business. Absolutely. And one day my wife looked at me from across the dinner table and said, what are you going to do about it? And she was right. I mean, I, I had an opportunity and a platform to step off the sidelines and, and to try to do something about it, to try to hold the line for our values. So, so that's what I'm doing. And the land office- is the only agency in the state of Texas that's a profit center on the books. It generates revenue for our public schools, over a billion dollars every year. So it manages 13 million acres of land and can do real estate transactions and commercialize those pieces of land and put those dollars back into the permanent school fund and into public schools. This is an agency that cannot be run effectively, let alone well, with a career politician. It's got to be somebody who understands business, who understands process, who can work with the communities and local schools and local uh, businesses and moms and dads to help it flourish. To manage the business, so to speak, right? Absolutely. And that makes sense. So talking about how you can help Uh, school fund, the permanent school fund. So how does that work with tax collecting for school entities? Well, um, could we have less taxes by using this? Look, you're reading my mind. I'm just going Uh, there. I'm going there. I I have been an ardent (laughs) supporter of private property rights. Uh, I've been on a, a board of a political action committee in Houston for several years. That's an advocate for private property rights, HRBC. And a component of that is taxes. And how do we ensure that taxes aren't a burden, but are a vehicle for the right opportunities in our communities? And look, schools are the number one driver for property taxes. Oh, yes. And and I personally feel- It's much, it's beyond the majority. Absolutely. It's huge. Uh, I personally feel that the legislature didn't go far enough in alleviating the tax burden on property owners. So what are some other ways that we can help out? Well, Mm -hmm. clearly, the land office, if it's run well and more efficiently, 
could generate more dollars for the permanent school fund, and we can look at creative opportunities to get those dollars into into our schools. This is a big deal. Uh, Glenn Hager, <laughs> our yes. comptroller, just announced about a month ago that the uh, surplus in the state of Texas at the end of fiscal year 23 will be $12 billion. There are multiple ways to help Texans keep the dollars in their pockets and still benefit our public schools. And I feel the land office under an Armenta administration can be a key piece in that puzzle. So that's what I'm going to do. I love it. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just going to say I, I love that because, you know, if you hit the pocketbook, that's the most important thing. People care about that. And property taxes is gotten crazy. And anybody crazy. can look on your taxes. I'm sure you've gotten it for now. This is December, mm-hmm. payable by the end of January. But if you pay it now, you can deduct it, of course, 2021. We, but it, it's craziness. I mean, the schools do need the funds. There's no doubt about that. No I don't doubt. think anybody can question that. Mm-hmm. But how else can they get funding for what they do to educate we, our kids? We've done a lot of things right, of course, in Texas. You know, we've got a balanced budget. We have uh, this surplus. Uh, but we're relieving opportunity on the table. So somebody who has business experience, real world experience, I also have experience in public policy. I understand these issues, but can bring all that to the table to create more opportunity and help us achieve the vision that we want in Texas for our schools. It's totally doable. Our schools are falling way far behind against other states and across the world. And dollars are a big part of that. And the land office can help. It needs to do more. That's good. That's really interesting. So how are you, what is the contrast between you and the other candidates? Do they have this business background or what makes you a superb candidate for this position? Well, num- number one, I'm a, I'm a businessman. I'm, I'm an absolutely an outsider. I, um, I haven't been in an elected position before and I feel that's a strength. Uh, You're energized. I I, I am fired up. (laughs) I mean, there's so much work to be done, but you have to be willing to to look at these uh, situations and agencies with cold, fresh eyes. You have to look at it um, and and dissect it and figure out where the opportunities are. How do you amplify the strengths of an agency like the land office? And then how do you close close the gaps? Uh, Career politicians don't know how to do that. They they just do they don't. get a little com, you know, complacent, say to speak. I mean, in their position. And how look, long is look, this so, position? So one of, one of my opponents has had the opportunity over the last handful of years to hold the land office accountable for where it's fallen short. Not once has she called uh, a hearing in in the uh, in the Texas Senate to ask what's been happening with the dollars that have been allocated to renovate the Alamo. Not once has she called a hearing to figure out why the deaths in the veterans' long-term care homes were twice the average as other long-term care homes across the state of Texas. So, look, this is a tough job where somebody cannot be afraid of what people think about them. They just need to do what's right for our values and for all Texans. How long is the term? It's four years. So it's, it's an elected position, which means it's accountable to the people of Texas. It's not appointed, so it doesn't uh, report to any other elected official. But I feel like 
when the land commissioner is doing the job well, they're working with all those different stakeholder groups. I mentioned Comptroller Hager earlier, um, but a land commissioner needs to work with the state legislature. Land commissioner needs to work with the governor's office. Uh, It also needs to know how to work with the federal government. Part of the responsibilities of the land office is to oversee recovery after a natural disaster. Well, a vast majority of those funds come from the federal government and from HUD and different grant programs. So the land commissioner needs to understand how to work with HUD, how to access those dollars, but how to ensure that the federal government doesn't overreach and tell Texas how to use those dollars. That's not their role or their responsibility. Their responsibility is to ensure that we get those when our people, our homeowners, our churches, our businesses have been flooded out or have been caught in wildfires. We need to get those dollars, and then they need to get the heck out of the way. Very good. So let's talk about your other responsibilities. Tell me about how you oversee benefits for veterans. The veterans program is really a a program in the land office that um, is near and dear to my heart. I've got a close friend. His name's Ronnie. He's uh, a Marine Corps veteran. Uh, When he got out of the Marines, he got into construction, started his own business, so a small business owner as well. And over the last couple of years, he's been looking at opportunities to move out of Houston and to go into a rural area to raise his kids. So he found this great piece of land in Belleville. And one of the things that the land office does is it offers low-interest home loans and land loans to Texas veterans. So it's great. So he reached out to the land office to apply for one of those low-interest loans. Well, after a couple weeks, he hadn't heard anything back. So he followed up, and then two more weeks, still nothing. And then two more weeks, four months. It took four months for him to find out what happened with his loan application on something that he could have gone to a community bank down the street and had it sorted out in about two to three weeks. So way too much. That's a long time. Way too long. So way too much bureaucracy. The process needs to be streamlined. Technology needs to be used differently within the land office. We need to do better by our veterans. Last week, um, some news broke that was pretty disheartening about the land office. A gentleman who is in charge of investments of the dollars that come through the land office made a public statement to the effect that the Texas veterans cemeteries in the state, and there's four of them, are a financial burden on Texans. Look, let me be clear. Veterans are never a burden. They are never a burden. And we need to fund those cemeteries. And I made a campaign promise a week ago that I will take half of my salary for every year that I'm in office, and I will put it back into veteran services. We need to fund those. And I believe that that will just be the first domino that falls. I I think Texans all across the state will see what's going on and say, how can I give? How can I help those veterans programs? How can I make sure that the individuals who have given so much, sacrificed their time, their family, and in some cases, it all with their lives, how do we help them? And I think they will. Very good. Have you been to our Montgomery County Veterans Memorial Park? I have, just uh, right off the off the interstate. Right down the road It's here. beautiful. It's, yes. It's beautiful. Yes. And I believe, I'm not mistaken, 
um, that some additional dollars from the state legislature are going to be coming to yes. continue to enhance it and, and grow it, right? Will Metcalf made that. Yeah, happen. did a fantastic job in um, the special I'm sessions. I'm on the commission. Too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's great. Are you excited about it? Yes, very much. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be fantastic. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're seeing these communities invest in their in their veterans and the land office seems to have looked at it recently as just another to do uh, i mentioned earlier that the death rate in the veterans home so there's there's 10 veterans long term care facilities and some of these are memory care facilities so like nursing homes um, and they're open to texas veterans and spouses and dependents and during the height of covid the death rate in these homes was twice the average of other homes across the state. Now, look, we didn't know what we were stepping into with with COVID, but leaders are proactive and take action. And the land office just took a step back and let these private companies who are overseeing these homes just try to figure it out on their own. Hmm. You know, the governor went out of state and hired 2,000 nurses. The land commissioner didn't ask for any of those nurses to be allocated to those homes. And in fact, the mayor of Floresville offered to take some of the city resources to help out the veterans home that was there. And she never heard back from the land office. So look, these are hard issues. There's some issues. These are hard issues. There's some big Um, issues. And you're not going to please everyone. But if you do what's right based on Texas values, you can't go wrong. These are some great points. So uh, lastly, I want to talk a little bit about the Alamo mm. and your role with the Alamo. The, um, the state of Texas, Texans through the legislature and Governor Perry, identified that the land office should be the primary historian for our greatest historical artifact, the Alamo. And that includes preservation, restoration, um, presentation of history as it really was with facts. And the the land office has effectively over the last few years turned it into a talking point for Democrats. So there was a bunch of drama about not involving and working closely with the Daughters of the Republic. Uh, There was controversy around moving the Cenotaph, which should never move because it's a memorial to the lives that were lost Mm -hmm. there. But the land office also signed a 50-year lease with the city of San Antonio to oversee the Alamo Plaza. That's going to be a complete rewrite of the facts and the history of what was essentially our Gettysburg. I mean, that is where we held the line against tyranny. And it's not just uh, Anglos, it's Tejanos, it's Texians, 189 of them understood the impact of what was going on there. So the second promise I made uh, during my campaign was that within my first year, I'm going to get us out of that lease, and I'm going to ensure that the land office oversees the entire Alamo Plaza, and we are going to expand and grow the battlefield depictions uh, and make it as close to uh, the way it was back in 1836. You know, I went there over Easter, Okay. And it looked totally different 
from mm. what I've seen it. It was basically gutted out mm-hmm. of most uh, restoration pieces, displays, anything. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you had to wait your turn and come back later to go in and see the Alamo. Um, I'm hoping it's more open now than it was then in Easter. Look, but it was it was not... It was not what I'd ever remembered seeing. Like the, the, it was totally different. The land office was given $150 million to oversee this renovation and restoration. The progress is a snail's pace at best. And the land office has gone out and hired uh, architects, historians, and firms that are outside of Texas. Look, this is Texas. We have, some of, Texas. The, we have some of the best universities. Right. Engineers, brilliant minds uh, in Texas. We need to do this the Texas way, and we need to get it done. So, in closing, um, what are two things you want voters to know about you? The number one thing is that I'm going to represent all of Texas. All of Texas. So, the, the issues and concerns of Texans in Amarillo are different and unique than the issues and concerns in Uvalde or in Austin or here in Montgomery County. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to streamline and restructure how the land office works so that there is regional leadership solving regional problems. The the lack of community engagement is glaring. And so we need to fix that. And the second thing is, is that I'm a true conservative. I'm a fiscal conservative. Um, I'm deeply rooted in my Christian faith. I'm a, I'm a Catholic. Um, and I, I'm proud to embody those uh, as the, the cornerstone of what makes me up as a, as a husband and a father and a man. So uh, I'm excited to earn everybody's vote. And um, I'm looking forward to people voting in the March 1st primary. And how can they best get in touch with you? You can go to my website, benarmenta.com. Uh, I answer every email. That comes to me, which is ben at benarmenta.com. Uh, go to our Facebook page, Ben Armenta Texas, um, and follow. Send me a message. Tell me what concerns you have, what ideas you have. Um, I love to listen. So you'll be back in Montgomery County, right? Absolutely. Okay. That wraps it up. Thank you very much. We appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at teamsinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment 
or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N, chiropractic.com. And we are back for our second segment today, December 13th. I am Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News from Taylorized PR. And today we're listening from different candidates. We learned for... We learned about Ben Armenta, who is a candidate for Texas Land Commissioner. And now we're going to listen to Amy Tucker, who is actually a sitting judge in County Court of Law 1. And she's also a candidate for re-election. Well, you didn't get re-elected. You were appointed. Is that correct? I was appointed. Okay. It's so actually County Court of Law 3. You said 1. I'm oh, so sorry. That's I have okay. 3 here on my paper, <laughs> okay. and I know it's 3. But, yes, for Amy Tucker is a candidate for County Court of Law 3. But we're going to talk about that, too, the differences between the different court of laws, because now there's going to be six, six county court of laws and the difference between them. But first, I want to remind you where you can find out more about uh, Judge Amy Tucker. Of course, you can go to her Facebook page at Judge Amy Tucker TX, or you can follow her on JudgeAmyTucker.com, her website, take a donation anything you want to do uh, to help Amy out in her candidacy for County Court of Law 3. Three. One, two, three. So first first of all, Amy, um, you enjoy being a judge, I assume. I do. I love it, actually. Do you? What do you love about it? Well, I love that every day brings a new challenge, and I specifically like what we do in our court, which is a specialty court. We are a family court and the designated CPS court. I love that we are dealing with families and real-life problems, and I honestly feel like at the end of every day, we are making a difference in people's lives. It's very fulfilling. I understand that. I have been a uh, CASA volunteer in the past, many years ago, and I know that uh, uh, CASA advocates play a big role in your court, family law with CPS and all of that. So let's go backwards a minute. Uh, Tell me a little bit about you and your background. Sure. So I grew up in Corpus Christi, Texas, and my parents were teachers. And my aunt was a teacher. My grandmother was a teacher. Oh, wow. And I think I might have had a great-grandmother who was a teacher. So I grew up in a house full of teachers. I always knew public service was going to be where I ended up. I just, I did not know how. So I I was a really good student. Of course, I had to be. I always (laughs) tell people I think I made a B-plus in seventh grade, and my mom didn't talk to me for a week. So (laughs) in my house, there were high Pretty rigid. (laughs) It was very rigid, high expectations, no excuses. And it was also a very athletic family. So my parents played tennis for the University of Houston. Hmm. I think my mom was on one of the first, if not the first, women's team there. And Houston was always this magical place to me growing up when we would come to the big city. And my dad's family is actually from East Texas in the Longview area. So I've always loved this part of Texas. And I'm really happy that I've ended up here, but I'm getting off on a tangent. So So where'd you go to school? So I went to University of Tennessee in Knoxville for college. And I did that because I played on a full golf scholarship. And I had a great time there. And then I went to law school at the University of Texas in Austin. Very nice. Yes, yes. my son uh, had a scholarship as a golfer, too. Really? But he chose to go to a private school instead of going to one that would have gone a lot further for his money. But such is life. <laughs> well, I, I honestly, I, I considered that myself. But I, 
honestly, on my recruiting trip to the University of Tennessee, they took me to a football t- football game, and it was the most incredible experience of my young life at that time. And I just I was Good. sold. Good. So you got your law degree, and did, when, did you have a private practice here in town? I didn't. I actually I was awarded a federal clerkship after uh, finishing law school. So I clerked for a federal judge down in Corpus, where I did all sorts of different things. I really learned federal law very well in about 10 months. But I knew child welfare was where I wanted to go, because in my last semester of law school, I had happened onto a class. It was a child welfare class, and it was the first class in law school that really inspired me. And I saw an online posting for a job here with the Montgomery County Attorney's Office and came up on a Friday and interviewed, and they hired me on a Monday. Wow. So I started. It was very quick. I was 26 years old, and I was uh, hired in their uh, Family Violence and Child Welfare Division, which means at the beginning of my uh, time there, I represented women who needed family violence protective orders Hmm. and also child protective services. It was. It was. And as a 26-year-old, it was I. I mean, it was. I That's learned a, great a lot position. very quickly. Very nice. And then from there, where did you go? So I was there for eleven years. And That's a long time. It was. It was a. It went quick, though. I can tell you that. And I, my boss was amazing. The county attorney at the time was David Walker. And at the end of that time, he decided to retire. And so I kind of I knew there was a little bit of uncertainty about the office, and just I think. Fate intervened, and Judge McDonald, who was then the presiding judge of County Court at Law 3, uh, posted for an associate judge position in 2012. And I just, in my heart, I felt like I needed to apply. Uh, It was a family court at that time. They were going to specialized courts. And I, I just, I don't know. I can't explain it. I just felt such an overwhelming pull. And so I did. I applied, sent in resume, writing samples, and interviewed, and she hired me. And that was December 1st of 2012. Wow. So you've been in this position quite a while. Well, I've been a judge for County Court at Law 3 now for over nine years. That's a long time. It is. What have you learned? So much. (laughs) So much. So when I started, I, I had a background in, when I started as a judge, I had been a litigator, basically, in the courtroom all the time, trying cases, having contested hearings. I also handled all of my own appeals, which is a whole other um, area that's challenging. And when I got on with uh, Judge McDonald, I I just threw myself into learning every aspect of family law, everything. And along the way, uh, she gently suggested that I get board certified. So I went through that process, which was rigorous, and became board certified in family law. And as the years went by, I, I just had a tug at my heart for these CPS cases. And I went to her and I asked her if we could take the CPS cases back into county court at Law 3 instead of being in a, a, a visiting, with a visiting judge. And she said, absolutely. And from there, we tried to get all the CPS cases into our court because it's an area of the law that I'm, I'm an expert in, and I love those cases, and I'm passionate. And I just felt like I could, I had a skill set, a unique skill set that could best serve that entire docket. And so as of August uh, 2020, August 1st, 2020, we became the designated CPS court. You know, it makes more sense than a visiting judge 
to me. I, I don't know why, but it, it just does because they are familiar with what's going on in Montgomery County. Do you well, think, or what do you think about so that? So if I were to go through the whole history of the CPS court since I started here in 2001 with the county, it would take a while. But I, I think uh, what I can say is that early on, a judge, and I have to give a Judge Underwood recognized a need to have all the CPS cases in one court, which he did, and created what was at the time called a cluster court. I remember that. Right. And there still are mm-hmm. cluster courts um, scattered around the state. In that cluster court, generally over the period of about well, 15 to 20 years or so, the judge hearing those cases was usually a retired judge, but they sat as a visiting judge. Mm-hmm. And so there was... Uh, a little, you know, there was a, some turnover. There mm-hmm. were not a lot of longevity with each judge. It wasn't consistent. It, it wasn't as consistent as I think they need. And I just honestly feel very strongly that they need a, a court. They need to be in a court, a statutory court, where they get the attention uh, that they need. Because these are very difficult cases, as you can imagine. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I understand. I've, I've been a single mom with three kids. And, and you have children. I do have children. How old are they? They I have two daughters, and they are 9 and 11, going on 30. <laughs> <laughs> they are both uh, in the GT program at Conroe ISD, and I'm very proud of them. Of one's course. a dancer and one's an athlete. So uh, they are amazing in their own way, but they are absolutely opposite. Well, see, I think it's important if you're going to be in a family court that you have kids, too, so you know what it's like, right? I mean. Well, I agree, and, and I tell people in my court all, the t- all, court all the time that there's the legal side of this case, and then there's the real-world side. And I do focus a lot on the real-world side because I understand. You're making a difference in people's lives. Exactly. You're impacting them. And the decisions that we make every day affect your day-to-day life if you're in our court. Mm-hmm. You know, And ultimately, all the people involved in the court system are not going to be in your life. You are going to have to live this outcome. And I just mm-hmm. think it's so important to recognize and uh, make decisions with that in mind. So what do you think is the most important things people need to know about you in difference to the other candidate that's running? What makes you stand out as different? Well, I think first and foremost, I am uniquely qualified to preside over this specialty court. And it's a specialty court in the area of family law, but also in CPS law. We only get 20% of the family law cases filed because the other judges recognized how time and labor intensive the CPS docket was. So it's a big part of this court. I'm the only judge in the history of Montgomery County to specifically request these cases, which I think is indicative of where my heart is. Mm-hmm. Your passion. I am also one of only 47 attorneys in the entire state of Texas who is double board, who are double board certified in family law and child welfare law. That's a very small percentage. And I am also doing my level best to remain current on all of the changing law. This last legislative session was a whirlwind. I I cannot even begin to tell you all of the substantive changes that occurred in this area of the law. And I also am passionate about family law. My first order of business when I was appointed by the commissioner's court 
was to look for the most qualified associate judge I could find, and mm -hmm. I have that. Judge Jack Riley has been a family law attorney for 27 years. And I met him. Yes, he's been mm -hmm. board certified in family law for over 15 years. I mean, I, I would, I think our combined experience and expertise is unrivaled in the state of Texas as far as a family and CPS court. And I am devoted and committed to creating a child protection court that can be used as a model for other courts in the state. So you really care about this and you are driven to, as a candidate, to win. I mean, you're the acting, you are the judge, not even acting. You are the judge in this court right now. I am, and I am totally committed to the CPS cases. And I am willing to fight for them, mm -hmm. which is, is really what, what I think I'm doing right now. Uh, and I don't know that over, if you look at the history of the county, I don't know that there's ever been a judge who has been willing to fight for these cases like I have been. That's exciting. So do you have any upcoming events? I do, actually. We have When a, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, it felt far away when we scheduled it, but now it seems very close. It's January the 6th, and it's at 530 at the Honor Cafe. So it's close, right after work, and it's just a rally. First to, week when everybody gets back. Exactly, exactly. And, and we knew January was going to be crazy. slammed crazy. In the, with this campaign season, so we were trying to get in early. But I'm excited. I've, I've honestly... I never had aspirations to be in political office, and that, that's the truth. I never thought I would be here. Uh, but I have met so many amazing people. Sure, and, uh, absolutely. The people in this community who are advocates for our foster children in whatever capacity uh, have inspire me every day to continue this fight, honestly. Now, you meet so many people on the campaign trail. Yes. Well, especially when you have to cover the whole county. Right. You know, and be all over. And your family has to be in it as well. <laughs> it's almost like they're running as well, right? Right. If they're, you need a supportive uh, family. And Absolutely. And thankfully, I, I have that. And the yes. county is so much bigger than I thought it was. Just Oh, yeah. I know. Physically how big it is. Oh, oh yes, I know. <laughs> I, I, I feel it. I, yes, absolutely. So, again, uh, you, you can go to your Facebook page, Judge Amy Tucker, Texas, JudgeAmyTucker.com, or just go in the uh, search box and find you, right? <laughs> I mean, Amy I Tucker, so. it's pretty easy, I, I would think. So. And I'm sure you will be out and around the community, especially January, February, because uh, that's go time. I will, and if you go to my website, judgeamytucker.com, there is a, just a two-minute video. Okay. And I would ask you to watch that because I think it tells you a little bit about uh, my background and why I'm doing this and why I think it's so important. Well, you seem very, um, not only just passionate, but very concerned, very real about, you know, your, your love of the kids and the court and the families and I am. I wish you well. It's, it's my heart. And like I said, this I didn't find this. It found me. And I'm mm -hmm. thankful that it did because it has. I have looked forward to um, going to the office every single day of my legal career, and I'm grateful for that. You have such a quiet demeanor. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's almost comforting, <laughs> you know. Well, that's good. That's uh, yes. what my families need. Yes, yes, they do. 
So uh, that that wraps us up for today. I am Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News. And the sponsors, we want to give a little shout out to them. We have Team Sinisi Real Estate Group serving the greater Montgomery County as the best source for buying, selling your home or investing in real estate. 281-507-9777, Team Sinisi. And we also have Roger Stein Chiropractic. And they are um, located on 3033 West Davis in Conroe by Conroe High School. Please check them out, rogersteinchiropractic.com. We appreciate you listening. And reach out to me if you want to be a guest. Thank you so much.